You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. because they married someone with an autistic child. Would you comment on what challenges might be if they do that and how they could affect a marriage? It could affect a marriage greatly depending upon the people involved. And it also depends on the level of functioning that the child has, especially if they have an adult child at home. How high-functioning is that child? This could occur not only with autism, it could be Down syndrome, it could be some uh, other developmental disorder or physical condition that would cause that problem. So it's very difficult to adapt. The most important thing for each person, is each adult, is to take care of themselves. See if you can find a support group for parents with autism spectrum disorder. The HMO where I work does have one um, city that has a support group for parents that have autism spectrum disorder. Autism Speaks, autismspeaks.org, would also give you information on local parent support groups as well, too. And the importance of the couple taking time out for themselves to be together, to do pleasurable activities for themselves, is really important. But it's a great challenge, and not just for folks with autism, who might have a child with autism, but any developmental disorder, I think. So um, do autistic adults have to get permission to get married? Absolutely not. And like I mentioned before, there's uh, 5 to 10% of them are in long-term relationships. Interestingly enough, though, as you get down to the moderate to lower functioning, what people consider dating and relationships, uh, uh, terminology changes. Like one young woman I was working with, she has a boyfriend. And what do her and her boyfriend do? And I'm always aware that this is a population that's very susceptible to sexual, financial, and other types of abuse. So that's a really because they don't understand those interactions, whether their actions are misunderstood or whether they can be victims of these is really an important issue. So I asked her more about this, and she and her boyfriend, they meet once a week and they go dancing at a local dance place, and they're dating and they're in a long-term relationship. And they're very much in love, and it's great. That's wonderful. I love it. I love it, too. Now, um, Dr. Liddell, you said you wanted some time to share something really important with our listeners. And we're coming at close to the end of our program, and I'm offering you the time. Okay. So, like I said, your local library has lots of books. Go to your local library, ask them for books on autism. Um, a great website for people who are on the spectrum, especially people who would consider themselves Asperger's, is WrongPlanet.net. I love that name, WrongPlanet.net. WrongPlanet.net. Yep, run by people who are on the spectrum and lots of great videos on how to get dates, find jobs, employment. It's a wonderful, uh, wonderful website. AutismSpeaks.org is an autism advocacy organization in the U.S. that sponsors research and conducts awareness uh, aimed at families, governments, and the public. A wonderful 
writer and a person I would highly recommend people read is John Elder Robinson, R-O-B-I-N-S-O-N. His first book, um, Look Me in the Eye, was a bestseller. It talked about his experiences growing up on the spectrum. Great book, just a great book anyway, but really good book for insight. He's written a series of other books with his struggles as a parent as well, too. Um, a good book for employment, Asperger's on the Job by Rudy Simone. Are you? You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning, listeners, and thank you for joining Dr. Ann's Relationship Radio. If you're joining us for the first time, I'm Ann Schiebert. I'm a clinical psychologist in Northern California. To learn more about me, you can go to my website, drannschiebert.com. You can also send in questions through my website or through the radio station, and I will do my very, very best to answer them. When I'm thinking about how to create uh, a radio program, or I have been thinking about it, that might benefit each and every listener. And as I was thinking about this, I considered what types of problems usually seek therapy from me. Yes, you heard me correctly. Problems seek therapy from me. The people who carry around the problem bring their problem in to see what they can do about it. I'm sorry, you okay? Most of the problems that are brought to me are seated in relationship challenges. How is that possible, you might ask yourself. (laughs) Well, Well, I thought I was going to have a better year, and I started it out with pneumonia. That baby learned (laughs) what is okay, and and listeners, we're getting some interference from background. I'm 72. I'm just going to back up and rephrase my thoughts, and please excuse that noise in the background. Don't tell I want me you that. to think about any infant you might have seen recently. So are you going to, would that you feel like doing the show on Saturday? What is okay and not okay from watching its parents, uh, relatives, and others around them. And by watching okay. and experiencing we, babies East, learn how Eastern to Standard Time them, from 8 they to They learn 9. what to do. And if what they're watching is not so healthy, then their relationships usually yeah. evolve based on what they watch the adults okay. in their life. Uh, do you want to call here? So... So Dr. Ann's relationship is designed to educate you so you can figure out many of uh, your own challenges. And I and all my guests are your relationship mentors. All right, I'll do it. I'm excited, very excited to host this radio program. So well, listeners, it's February. We just uh, wanted to get you on for the year, me, obviously. You are the the best. That were small and doable. What have you planned for yourself? Jim and Jim and Steve are looking forward to visiting with you. And you follow through and and create a success. Give you a call about seven fifty-five. February is also the month of Valentine's Day. How are you going to love yourself on this? No, we go from eight to nine. You might look at the blog for some ideas. My blog. And if you're in a romantic relationship... I'll do it. Thank you, sir. Do you know what is romantic to your partner? You have some time to explore this with your partner and spouse before February 14th arrives, and you could have a relationship touchdown if you do. Remember, our patient, Betty, who is the compilation of all the patients I've ever had, here's a Betty's Valentine's Day learning. 
Betty scheduled a telephone appointment with me because she was so tired of getting the same thing every Valentine's Day. She had a mixture of hurt feelings and anger that each February 14th, her husband, Tom, gave her some perfume she didn't like in a sweatshirt she described as totally ugly. I asked Betty if she'd ever told her husband what she'd like for Valentine's Day, and she answered me by saying, no, if Tom really loved me, he'd know what I'd like. Listeners, I've heard this sentence so many times from an assortment of patients who don't feel treasured in their relationships. I'm going to translate Betty's sentence so we can all consider it. What Betty actually said is, if Tom really loved me, he'd be able to read my mind about what I want for Valentine's Day. Well, I said to Betty, Betty, tell me how you think Tom has the ability to mind read. And she couldn't answer this question. So we worked out a way for Betty to help her husband show his love for her in a way that resonated with her. And I bet you're wanting to know what that was. Well, listeners, she told him what she wanted. And it's as simple as that. We can't have hidden formulas about how our partner is supposed to show us caring, tenderness, and love. And if we do, it's unfair, it's sabotaging, and it causes resentment. As an aside, do you know what Betty wanted? You won't believe it. She wanted to walk around a nearby duck pond while holding hands with Tom and spending time alone with him. I can't think of anyone who I know would have ever guessed that, but it can be as simple as that, spending time. So moving on from Betty, still on the topic of romance, I am going to describe today's guest as a dating expert extraordinaire. I don't know if he'll like that, but I view him as this creator of romantic opportunity. And I honestly don't know anybody who does what he does. Our guest is the founder and chairman of the Society of Single Professionals, which is the world's largest nonprofit singles organization. This group sponsors parties and events for singles worldwide. It is the only group I've ever heard of that provides such opportunities for singles to meet other singles. And in addition, boy, our guest has so many talents. In addition, our guest is the owner of the Richard Goss and Associates, um, which is a company of there's a PR firm which specializes in publicizing its clients in the singles and dating industry, as well as being the executive director of the International Association of Dating Websites. Mr. Goss is the host of Living Single on the Singles Podcasting Network, and he is the author of eight books, the latest of which is called, I love the name, Donald, The Donald Trump Syndrome, Why Women Choose the Wrong Men to Love. And there's so much more to say about Dr. Mr. Goss, but to, I, I called him almost Dr. Goss because he kind of is a doctor of dating. But there's so much to say about him. But to avoid spending our entire hour introducing him, I want to greet you, Rich, if I may call you that, and tell you how honored we are to have you as today's guest. Welcome. My pleasure, Anne. Thank you for calling. Ah, uh, well, you're so welcome. So I'm sure our listeners have a gazillion questions for you, but let's try to start at the beginning. What led you to be interested in singles? 
Well, I was single myself, and I wanted to meet single women, and I found that there was a local singles group that met at a church. It was a Unitarian church, although I wasn't a member of the church, but I thought it was a good place to meet single women. And by the way, guys, church is a terrific place to meet women because uh, the <laughs> women outnumber the men by a pretty large number. And uh, they elected me chairman of the singles group, and uh, before I knew it, I was throwing 150 singles parties a year. Oh, my gosh. So you had to kind of create every single thing you did for that first initial year. Right. Oh, my gosh. What a, what a responsibility. So you, by the way, are called the father of Bay Area singles parties. How did that come about? Well, I guess you could say I hold the world's record. I've thrown over 2,000 singles parties, not just in the Bay Area, but worldwide. I think I'm the only person who can claim to have done singles parties on six continents. Uh, the only one I skipped was Antarctica because uh, uh, not a lot of single people there. <laughs> it's too cold. <laughs> wow. Well, that's, I think that's a record, and I just want to take an opportunity which to thank you for such a wonderful service that you provide for our single friends where they don't know what to do or they go to a bar or what they should do. Um, well, you have to have options. If, if you're single, you have to have options. And some people are happy to just stay home and play on the computer and join the online dating services. And, of course, a lot of people are doing that. Uh, it's a very popular way for people to meet. But other people like to meet face-to-face. -face. I think the old-fashioned way is the best way to meet, and so that's why I've thrown this 2,000 singles parties over the years. Well, I've actually been to one, and um, I was actually a keynote speaker at one of yours, and I was so impressed by the number of people who came to listen and dance, and I had a great time. So, well, it was great. Up. It was great to have you. It was great to have you that night, Anne. We did a San Francisco singles convention recently at one of the big hotels in San Francisco, the Westin St. Francis Hotel in Union Square, and a nice big crowd came and. Uh, Everybody seemed to enjoy your talk, so we're most grateful for that. Uh, thank you. We're coming up on a hard break here, Rich. And so I'm going to say, listeners, we will be back to hear all the fascinating things that Mr. Richard Goss is going to talk to us about. We will be back in a few seconds. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is Around Town Movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me, and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not-so-fun experience moving. Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience. Around Town Movers for that local or cross-country move. Timothy, Around Town Movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's Around Town Movers. Call them. Hi, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. and listen to The Doctor's Lounge, where you get a private insight into the conversations that doctors have amongst themselves. Join us Thursday, 8 a.m. every week. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? 
and what is the best place to go for the care that is needed. We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. We are here with Mr. Richard Goss, who is talking to us about dating and being single, and he is the founder of the Society of Single Professionals. And, Rich, you founded that in 1978, and here we are today with an ever-growing organization, which is your, that is, you said is now on six continents. What exactly was the group's initial purpose, and through the years, has that purpose changed? Well, we incorporated with the state of California as an educational nonprofit organization, and so our mission is to educate single people about how to enhance their single lifestyle and, and of course, how to meet other single people and how to form loving relationships. And so our main website, thepartyhotline.com, gives uh, single people all kinds of information, and we have all kinds of interviews with dating and relationship experts, and we also have a big calendar of events for single people in the San Francisco Bay Area. And how do, if you're out of state, how do they access your website to see when you're coming or what you're doing in their state? Well, in the olden days, I used to do one big trip a month somewhere in the United States, Canada, Australia, or New Zealand, or some other country. But uh, nowadays, I've been a little bit lazy. It's been a long time, and uh, now I just do my events primarily in the San Francisco Bay Area with only occasional trips around the world. So I would say anybody who's listening right now who is interested in meeting single people face-to-face and who would want to go to one of the singles organizations in their own area, best thing to do would be to go onto Google and just type singles parties and see what comes up. But you would be shocked, I'm sure, Anne, if you did a little study like I did across the world to find that there are so many singles organizations, literally thousands and thousands of them all over the world. Just about every major city in the world has multiple singles organizations. And you should be able to find something local similar to what we do in the San Francisco Bay Area on thepartyhotline.com. That is such superb information. I cannot tell you how many single, uh, especially well, no, I think it's about three-quarters women and a quarter men of my yes. patient load who are single, and yes. they struggle with this and the idea of, okay, what do I do? And, and people on the websites lie, and then you meet them, and they <laughs> put their high school picture up, and they're yes. 70. And so, you know, honesty and, and meeting people face-to-face and watching their facial expressions and how they are in the world I think is so important. Yes, as I said, I think the old-fashioned method, uh, just meeting face-to-face is the best way to meet. You know, not that there's anything wrong with meeting online. That's another good way, but you're right about that. You need to see people face-to-face, and you need to 
see their gestures and their comments in order to be able to ascertain whether or not they're being honest with you. So, you know, don't just go by what you hear on the telephone or what you see uh, online. You have to actually meet a person face-to-face. And I think a lot of people who do online dating make the mistake, mistake of spending too much time going back and forth online. You know, you really you should cut your the time you spend on that. You know, if you come across somebody that you think is interesting online, schedule a face-to-face meeting immediately. You know, get together for a cup of coffee, a glass of wine, an ice cream cone, a walk in the park, whatever. But meet that person right away. Don't waste your time like some people do. They'll go back and forth for months uh, emailing each other before they actually meet. I think that's a mistake. I do, too, and I've heard some horror stories like people – asking for money over these dating sites, and and some women who are my patients have sent money. So, um, and then they have this, like, this virtual relationship, emailing, and sometimes over the phone, and they never get to meet the genuine person. So that's a little scary. Exactly. Don't Don't waste your time with imaginary dates over the telephone or in cyberspace, really schedule that first face-to-face meeting. And if they don't want to meet you face-to-face, then that's a warning sign that the whole thing may be a scam. And, of course, uh, if the person lives in a, in a foreign city, I've never understood why people would spend time with what I guess you would call pen pals. I mean, mm-hmm. there are so many people locally that are single. Why would you waste your time falling in love with somebody who lives 3,000 miles away? I think it's insanity. I think that's a great point. But I've had many people do that, and then they have the hopes that, oh, they're going to come and we're going to meet, and it's going to be this fantastic romantic moment, and then they're disappointed because that moment never comes, but it's, they get addicted to the hope that it will. Yes, my, my favorite story, my favorite online dating story is the person who uh, spent a lot of time and a lot of money online with the different dating websites and you know, talking to people and emailing people all over the world and wind up coming across somebody online who lives next door to them, and they wind up falling in love and getting married. <laughs> I love that story. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so don't overlook your neighbors. Don't overlook people uh, at your church or at where you work or whatever. There's a lot of great single people out there that you probably already know, but maybe you haven't given them a chance uh, to be considered to be a romantic partner. Yes. And, and, Rich, I'm curious, is there a certain age group that attends your single parties? Well, you know, the younger people tend not to go to singles parties because, as you mentioned earlier, they go to the local singles bar, which is you know, full of people who are young and in their age bracket. A lot of younger people are still in school, and so, of course, uh, you know, colleges are just giant singles bars, really. Everybody there is single, and everybody is your age group. So it's, it's a lot easier for younger people to meet uh, just in the course of their daily lives. And, of course, here in the San Francisco Bay Area, we have the tech industry where you have all of these 20-somethings that work at all these big companies, and they all earn really good salaries, and, you know, they're great catches financially. And it's really a lot easier for younger people to meet. So the people that go to singles parties tend to be a little bit older. We don't get a lot of people in their 20s. We get more people in their 30s and really more people over 40 than under 40. So, you know, the people who are middle-aged and think, gee, there's no way to meet, uh, you know, just go to your local singles group, and you'll find that there are lots of people that are middle-aged to go to singles parties. Well, when I was at your single party where I spoke, I met some women who were 72. And I thought, <laughs> I mean, really, I thought, hats off to you. They were so pretty. They were so lovely because uh, they talked to me. 
so I know that. And they were just there to have a great time and see what happens. So I don't care if you're 30, 40, or 80. I found that there was such an array of, of age ranges at your party. It was just so lovely to see. Exactly. The phrase I like to use is, older people need love, too. <laughs> That's exactly right. So, and I have a, a cynical comment as we come up later about that. So, you said a little bit about this, but I'm going to ask you again, where do your parties usually take place, whether in the Bay Area or internationally? Where do you usually hold them? Well, my parties are usually at major hotels or large restaurants, sometimes a big nightclub. But uh, that's just my organization. Uh, there are a lot of singles organizations that meet at the local church, as we mentioned earlier. Uh, whatever religion you are, whether you're Catholic, Protestant, Jewish, Muslim, whatever, uh, you'll find that in your local church or synagogue or temple, there are usually a lot of activities that are appropriate for single people who want to meet other single people. So that's one place to go. Uh, you know, certainly sports are another way to meet people, but of course you want to go to a co-ed sport. You know, don't waste your time just playing with the guys' uh, basketball team. You won't meet any women there. But mm-hmm. sports are a good activity. Uh, there are all kinds of uh, of events out there, especially if you're a man. If you want to meet women, go to the symphony or the ballet. You know, you'll find that uh, there's not much competition there. There are single women there, not a lot of single guys that don't have their girlfriends or wives dragging them along. So <laughs> I would say uh, <laughs> cultural events are a great place for men to meet women. And uh, women would be smart to go to co-ed athletic events where they'll find a lot of single men. So what should the men do? Should they just, if you're at a ballet and they see some intermission, <laughs> let's say. So right, intermission is when hi? you're going to meet them un- 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 unless you're, uh, you're lucky and then the person sitting next to you is a woman who's single, which, of course, happens all the time. Well, I know, but I think the men I've talked to, tell me if this isn't in general in your experience, uh, they have kind of a shyness, like, well, what if she's married, or what should I say if, if people approach other people? And, of course, the women, they go, oh, I couldn't possibly do that. What do you think well, about that? Well, well exactly, and, and that's why a lot of people prefer to go to a singles party like the one that you are a speaker at, because, uh, you know, I, I tell people if you go to a singles event, everybody there is single. You don't have to worry who's married and who's <laughs> single, and it's kind of like shooting, a, shooting fish in a barrel. You can't miss <laughs> Yeah, that's a great point. So I know what happens at your parties, but maybe you could explain that for uh, a minute or two. We have like two and a half minutes before a hard break. What happens at your party? I know I was a speaker. Is there usually a speaker? Is there music? Is there food? Is there alcohol? What happens? Well, all of the above. Occasionally we'll have an expert like yourself who will talk on a relationship topic or a dating topic, but that's rare that we do that. Uh, you're one of only a few speakers that we'll have in, in uh, 2019. Most of the time uh, we either have a dance party going on with a DJ who plays uh, top 40 hits that everybody recognizes because people won't dance if they don't recognize the song. So our DJs play popular songs that are all million sellers that everybody's heard before. Uh, no a lot heavy of metal, we, huh? Pardon me? No heavy metal, huh? No heavy metal, unfortunately. <laughs> heavy metal fans, uh, you, you'd be best to go onto Google and type heavy metal parties, and I guess that would be the best way to meet people who like heavy metal, but you'll never hear heavy metal at one of my parties. 
And we also do wine tasting parties on occasion, and we also do what we call cocktail parties where we have some hors d'oeuvres, and and we have a little mixer game we usually pass around, an ice-breaking game where you go around the room and you can win a prize if if you can find people with certain categories. So there are lots of different formats that we use for our singles. Sometimes we do specialized parties. So sometimes we'll do cougar parties specifically for younger men who want to meet older women. Uh, sometimes we'll do advanced degrees parties where if you want to meet somebody who has a master's degree or a Ph.D., you're likely to meet that person there. So we'll do special theme parties sometimes. Sometimes we'll do an 80s party where all the music will be 80s music if, for people who like 80s music. Or we'll do a 90s party for people who like 90s music. So there are all kinds Rich, of different gonna, themes that we'll have. We're going to have to break. Um, go, listeners, we're going to come back about dating and Finding the relationship that you've always waited for with Mr. Richard Goss in a moment or two. We'll be right back. You probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Whether cruising the Strip at a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. 45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back, listeners. We are here with a dating expert. We are so fortunate to have him with us this morning, Mr. Richard Goss. I want to call you Dr. Guys, but um, in some ways you really are. So I want to say a little birdie told me about one of your inventions that might be helpful to those of us who tend to be shy around potential romantic relationships. And I think your creative technique is called breaking the table. Would you explain that to us? Well, as you know, Anne, I throw big dance parties, sometimes hundreds of people, and of course, the bigger the dance party, the bigger the hotel ballroom, the more strangers are in the room, the more scared people become. 
And, you know, people always say, I want to go to a big party where there are hundreds of people to choose from, but you're probably better off going to a little intimate party of 10 people because I guarantee you, you go to a party of 10 people, you'll meet all 10 people. You go to a party with hundreds of people, and you might not even meet five people because you're so paralyzed by fear. So mm-hmm. one of the things that I like to do at, at my singles dance parties, if there's a big round table of 10 women sitting at a table, which, by the way, ladies, is a terrible mistake to sit at a table with nine other women, because I guarantee that 99% of the men are going to be petrified to approach a table of 10 strange women. So what mm-hmm. I'll do is what I call breaking the table. I'll walk up to one of those 10 women at the table and ask her to dance, and sure enough, nine other guys will flock down to the table and ask the other women to dance. But I guarantee you, those women sometimes will sit for an hour before anybody comes over to ask anybody to dance because they're so, uh, uh, so afraid of being rejected. So, uh, ladies, a uh, big suggestion I have for you is don't sit at a table with a bunch of other women. For one thing, there's a, the table is a physical barrier which prevents you from meeting men. The best way to meet uh, men is to stand at a party alone, preferably stand next to the bar, and I guarantee you'll meet all the men, no problem whatsoever. <laughs> well, and I have, I have a little clue, is that the women all sitting at the table, they're making little small talk, but their eyes is scanning the room for who's coming toward them. So that's my yes. hot tip. Right, and yeah, the other and thing to bear in mind, Anne, is that men at parties usually are very polite, and so if they see two women talking to each other, you know, it would be impolite to interrupt their conversation. So literally, a guy will stand waiting for a half hour, waiting for a break in the conversation, which, of course, never comes. So you really aren't going to meet any men by talking to women. What you want to do is be by yourself. And I know that's kind of scary, but if you want to meet men at a party, the best way to do that is to be conspicuous by being alone. I love that tip. So I want to, I'm curious about this. How... Has your dating climate changed since you started waving your, let's see, what do I call it, your romance opportunity wand in 1978? How has the dating climate changed? Yeah, the dating climate, of course, has changed. Uh, Really, the biggest invention is the invention of the Internet, of course, which has revolutionized not only dating but every other part of our society. And and so, really, more people are meeting online than any other method. In fact, I, I read a statistic recently. I hope it's a it's a realistic statistic that one out of every three marriages nowadays that people met online. So, really, that's been the revolution. Online dating. You know, you don't have to you know uh, put on a nice uh, set of clothes. You don't have to comb your hair. You don't have to put on your makeup. You don't have to drive in the middle of the night to to a singles party that Rich Goss is throwing. Instead, you can just stay at the convenience of your home. You can be in your pajamas. And you can meet, uh, literally interact, uh, and choose from millions of single people. So that's been the big revolution. Who may or may not be telling you the truth. So so I'd love it if you would talk to us about boomer women. Yes. Um, What do they do? What are they like, boomer women? Well, of course, boomer yeah. women are, are women who are of a certain age. Uh, they're no longer in their 20s and 30s, and it's harder and harder for them uh, to meet a man. And, of course, this, the statistics are very, very tough for boomer women because the older you get as a woman, the, the worse the ratio becomes, the worse the male-female ratio becomes. I mean, to give you an example, if a woman is 60 years old and wants to meet a 60-year-old man, for every single man in America who's 60, there are three and a half single women. 
So the odds are really hard for you if you're 60 years or older as a woman. And, of course, the odds get even worse because you consider the fact that most 60-year-old men won't date women their own age. Uh, the average 60-year-old man dates a 52-year-old woman. So if you're 60 years old and you're a woman, there are three and a half of you competing for one man, but you're really not competing for 60-year-old men. You're competing for 68-year-old men. And, of course, there are fewer and fewer of them because men are the weaker sex. We die five years earlier than women. So the older you get as a woman, the fewer men that are available. And that's why I tell women, uh, if you are a boomer woman, if you're in your 50s or 60s or older, you're just going to have to work that much harder. You know, you can't uh, just be like you were 20 years old, you know, waiting for the men to stand in line for the opportunity to go out with you. You've got to work hard to meet the right man. Well, that just leads into my next question for you, Rich, and that is in reviewing your eight published books, I came across a book that you call The Cougar Imperative, Why Midlife Women Must Choose Younger Men. Would you explain that title to us? I think you just did a little bit, and share with us how you concluded that women need to be cougars. (laughs) Well, it's just the law of supply and demand. Uh, As I mentioned just a, a minute ago, there's a tremendous surplus of single women as women get older. The older you get as a woman, you know, it's great to live a long, happy life, but the one negative about being an older woman is there are fewer and fewer men to choose from. So that's why I say you're a lot smarter to choose a younger man than an older man because there are a whole lot more men to choose from if you go younger rather than older. And the other big advantage of dating a younger man is he probably won't die on you. Yeah. And, uh, and, 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 and people think I'm joking when I say that, but the fact of the matter is if you go to a nursing home, you'll find that two out of every three people in America who are widowed are women. So as women get older, there are fewer and fewer men who are literally still alive. So if you date younger men, there's a much larger dating pool. And frankly, more, t- more times than not, the younger men are better than the older men. Uh, the older women, you can call them cougars if you want, although most women feel insulted by the term. But a woman right. who is older who dates younger men, they tell me the younger men are better. They're more fun. They have more energy. Uh, they're just in almost every respect they are superior to the older men. And I'm an older man, by the way, so I'm being being a traitor to my own age group. But the fact of the matter is there are more younger men than than older men who are single, and they do tend to be of higher quality. That's very interesting, and I think that for the male listeners that we have who are single this morning, maybe they need to give a little thought about how they could be way more interesting to single women. So, And also, I guess that we're advising midlife women to take a page out of what many men have been doing for centuries, and that's dating younger women. So. Exactly. There's a phrase. There's a phrase that what's good for the goose is good for the gander. You know, for for thousands and thousands of years, you know, men have been dating younger women, and in fact, society uh, compliments them for that, holds them in higher esteem if they have a younger woman on their arm. Whereas the contrary has not been true. You know, women have not been encouraged to date younger men, and sometimes people will stare if if they see a young man with an older woman and think, you know, what's what's that guy doing with that older woman? He must have mommy issues. So, you know, we need to join the 21st century and realize that there's nothing wrong with uh, women dating younger men and vice versa. You know, join the modern age. I think that's great advice. So that's kind of called robbing the cradle either way. Yes. But that's an an insult. It is an insult. How cool is it that you're 60 and you're dating a 40-year-old guy? How's that to you? Exactly. (laughs) 
So I know many men who were born in the decades after I was born, and my experience of them is that they have really very different growing up experiences and very different music preferences than I do. Yes. Um, and those are just examples. But yes. What could, could you comment on this? Is there an importance to having similar generational cultural experiences? Yes, obviously there's an advantage to dating somebody your own age. You are likely to enjoy uh, the same kind of music, or maybe you saw the same films 40 years ago or whatever. But, you know, I don't think you can. You should go to an extreme over this. The fact of the matter is if two people are attracted to each other physically, if their personality types are compatible with one another, there's an opportunity to have a successful relationship. You don't have to like the same music. I don't think that's a deal breaker if, if he likes country music and you like classical music. That doesn't mean that the two of you can't be happy. And there's no reason why you can't expand your horizons. You know, if you've never listened to country music and you think it's terrible, start listening and maybe you'll start enjoying it, and vice versa. If you've never listened to classical music, start listening to that and maybe you'll start appreciating that kind of music. So be open to people who have different uh, cultural tastes. And uh, the most important thing is, again, as I said a moment ago, if you're physically attracted to one another and if your personality types are compatible, then you have a chance to have a really good relationship. You don't have to enjoy the same movies or the same music. Okay. So let's define boomers here for a minute. So boomers are those of us who were born between 1946 and 1964. And I'm wondering, Rich, if you could enlighten us about your experiences of boomer men. What are single boomer men looking for in a romantic relationship, and yet we acknowledge that this is a generalization of how you're going to answer this. Well, I'll tell you, single boomer men are just the same as single millennial men. I mean, men in general are all looking for the same thing, and it's not just sex, it's love. Everybody needs love. Uh, I don't care if someone is a playboy, even the, 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 most, uh, the most committed playboy is also looking for a loving relationship. And uh, I think you have to give everybody a chance and realize that, uh, you know, that everybody out there is a potential loving partner. Hmm. Well, I have a really cynical comment because <laughs> I, learned, I, I learned this from my midlife and older female patients. And they tell me, and I'm quoting them so people don't throw tomato, tomatoes at their radio, um, yes. I quote, all older men want is a meal and a feel and a nurse and a purse, and I'm not giving up any of my freedoms to take care of someone ever again. And in, in, in talking with my female singles that um, we can interact with at your parties, in your opinion, is this a female general consensus? You know, I've heard that many, many times, and obviously, uh, you know, there's a lot of truth to cliches. So you quoted a yeah. bunch of cliches there, and there is some truth to that. But, but, you know, you, you can't let your life be dominated by cliches. Uh, as I said just a moment ago, everybody needs love. I mean, that's something that's a fact, and, of course, as a psychologist, you can attest to that, that if people don't have love in their lives, they're not going to be happy. So you can't allow cliches to get in the way of, of finding a loving partner. You can't just say, you know, all the men want is sex, because it's not true. The men also want love. So give the guys a chance. I think that's really good advice. And I was kind of, when I heard that, because I had heard that a little uh, cliche before, when I heard it, I went, what? <laughs> Tell me that again. Yes. A meal and a feel and a nurse and a purse. So I yeah, and, and, and there is truth to those cliches, but the, the, it's limited to how true those cliches are. And there certainly are millions of exceptions. Yeah, and I also think that it's really important that when you 
talk about having a loving relationship that people are on the same page of what that looks like. Uh, many problems that come through my door are based in a, a, a lack of meeting of definitions of loving. Yes. Some people think loving is letting me control you. Some others think, well, let me cook for you, let me buy you stuff, and that doesn't seem to be hitting the mark. Well, all of the above are true. If, if you love somebody, part of that can be sexual. Some of that can be uh, just cooking a nice meal. Uh, part of that could be d taking you on a nice date to a nice restaurant. So there are different definitions of what a loving relationship can be, and it's important to be open to all of the definitions. I think so, too, but if you don't have the discussion, then you just don't even know. So I think it's important to have that. Well, that's the other problem, so, of course, Anne, is that uh, unfortunately people don't have enough discussion. You know, They get involved in these romantic relationships really with strangers, and it's important mm -hmm. to ask questions early on in a relationship to find out whether there's compatibility there, to make sure that both of you are on the same page. Because if one person is just looking for a, 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 a night in the hay and the other person is looking for a lasting marital relationship, there's no compatibility there. So it's important to raise these questions early in a relationship. Don't be afraid to ask personal questions. And, yes, you will scare some people off by doing that, but you know, better to scare off these nervous Nellies that – don't want to discuss the important topics that have to be discussed early in a relationship. Yes. So on that note, we have to take a break. And listeners, we will be right back with Mr. Richard Goss. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. This is Daryl Pullis inviting you to listen to America's Homegrown Veggie Show right here every Saturday morning at 10 Eastern Time. Great guests, great tips, and valuable information about growing your own vegetables, fruits, and herbs. Your auto love and investment demands the best, and for 45 years, Passport Transport has been meeting those demands. From manufacturers to the one-car collectors and all other facets of the auto industry and antique auto hobby. The first and the finest with unequaled service and peace of mind. Passport Transport, your auto transportation company. Contact PassportTransport.com with your need today. Passport Transport. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back, listeners. We are here with Mr. Richard Goss, who is a dating expert, and he's talking to us about dating no matter what age you are. And we're going to go back to a question I have for you, Rich, about boomers. So I've had many of my male boomer patients tell me that they just can't find a woman. So I ask them what they're looking for, and they tell me they want a woman who cooks, who looks good, who likes sex, and who doesn't need to be with her grandchildren every moment of the day. I, actually, uh, I totally understand this. Yeah. However, the women who come to me for help in solving their problems would really like a much deeper answer. And most of the women who are my patients are less focused on the mundane 
and more focused on bonding and intimacy and partnering. Would you comment on that? Well, there is a difference between the sexes. We know that, and it's not just physical. So, yes, mm -hmm. women tend to be a little bit more selective uh, when it comes to personal characteristics that uh, the rom romantic partner has, you know, things like values and, and emotional openness and communication skills and so forth. A lot of men tend to be a little more superficial about these things. But, you know, bear in mind that men need all the things that women need. Men need love. Men need intimacy. Men need communication. So women have to be maybe a little bit patient with men and realize that there is a difference there, that ultimately that men and women are both looking for the same thing. Mm -hmm. And I think it takes time to get to know somebody. So instead of having that instant, oh, my gosh, I look at you, look, you look at me, and it's love, that, as we discussed before, you and I, is like a chemical thing, and you fall in love with a stranger. So it just takes time to get to know what the person you're dating is really about instead of what the social mask presents. It does. Yeah. So I would love if, if you would talk to us about your latest book, which you called The Donald Trump Syndrome, Why Women Choose the Wrong Men to Love. I just, as I said, I love the title. And without getting into politics so much, could you cover a little bit in your book that might be helpful to females of any age who are listening to us? Yes, well, first of all, my book, The Donald Trump Syndrome, has nothing to do with politics, so it doesn't make any difference whether you're Democrat, Republican, or Independent. You need this book if you are a woman who wants to meet a good man, because all of my tips and, and the stories are in that book. And basically, the book is all about how women make the mistake of getting involved romantically with men like Donald Trump. That is to say, they want to meet a man, generally, who's older than they are, taller than they are, wealthier than they are, better educated than they are, and self-assured. Those are the five qualities that I've identified that the average single woman is looking for in a man. Mm -hmm. And Donald mm -hmm. Trump has all five of those qualities. I mean, he is the uh, paragon of, uh, of male value in terms of dating because Donald Trump is 73 years old, so he's older than just about everybody. And uh, <laughs> he uh, claims to be a billionaire, and he's six foot three. And uh, talk about self-assured. I mean, there's nobody more self-assured in this country than Donald Trump. And as far as education is concerned, he claims he went to the finest schools. So Donald Trump has the five qualities that most women are looking for. And I tell women you would be better off looking for the diametrical opposite of Donald Trump. You should look for a man who has the five opposite qualities of Donald Trump. That is to say, date younger men rather than older men. Date men who are less educated rather than more educated. Date men who earn less money rather than more money. Date men who are shorter rather than taller. And most importantly, give the shy men a chance. And the reason I suggest that women look for these five qualities that are the opposite of Donald Trump is because there are millions and millions of these men that women totally overlook. There are a lot of women who will not date a shorter man. There are a lot of women who will not date a man who earns more money than they there are a lot of women that won't date a man who only has a high school diploma. And it's just a big mistake. There are millions and millions of younger men, poorer men, uh, men who are less educated, men who are shy, uh, men who are short, millions of these guys who are totally overlooked. And there is no competition for these men. And that's the best story of all. You know, women tend to go for the Donald Trump types who are tall and brash and self-confident and have money and went to the finest schools. The competition for the Donald Trump kind of guy is fierce. The chances that you're going to get a Donald Trump uh, type are slim or none. Whereas
because if you are willing to look for the opposite of Donald Trump, you will find there are millions of men out there for whom there is no competition whatsoever. Very, very interesting. So we have to sort of change our paradigm in yes. uh, the, the physical and go past the physical uh, into what the person is in, in their authentic self. Yes. Okay, well, that's that's a whole other conversation. How do you find out what an authentic self is? But right. that's not on our program today. So what is... You've given a little bit. Do you have any more advice to women about how they can meet good men? Overlook well, what, the Donald Trump well, well, but There are basically three rules for meeting the opposite sex, and these apply for men just as much as they do for women. Number one, get out of the house. Most single people stay home seven nights a week and complain that they never meet anybody. And then rule number two, go where the ducks are. In other words, go where there are going to be lots of people of the opposite sex who are single. You know, most people, like when they go out of the house, they go to places where there are lots of people of their own sex. So they like to do things that their own sex enjoys. And that's why they never meet the opposite sex. So if you're a man, best place to meet a woman would be at, at the uh, shopping mall. Go to the perfume counter. If you see an attractive woman, pick up a jar of perfume and you think, say, do you think my sister would like this? That would be oh, the place to meet that. women. Or, or conversely, if you're a woman and you want to meet a man, you have to ask yourself, what is the one thing that most women hate that most men love? And, of course, the answer is the dreaded S word, sports. Anything having to do with sports is a great way to meet men. So go where the ducks are. Go where there are lots of people of the opposite sex. And then rule number three is the most difficult of all rules. I call it the killer rule. Initiate contact. Somebody has to make the first move. Somebody has to put their ego on the line and take a chance on being rejected. And I tell my, my students, that someone should be you. You have to be the one who initiates contact. And that third rule is really important for women to hear because most women were taught by their mothers to play hard to get. That is a disastrous strategy. If you play hard to get, you will not meet any of the shy men. And remember that 50% of all men are basically shy, and you lose 50% of all the loving, uh, wonderful men out there, if you insist that they make the first move. So women, if you see someone attractive, initiate contact. Make the first move. Take a chance on being rejected. Yeah, I once had somebody come see me who was hanging out at the golf course. And she yes, that's a great men. place to meet men. That's a great place yeah. to meet men, especially if you want to meet a man who has money, because golf is an expensive sport. Oh, so she'd hang out there, and she had cute little outfits on, and she met a ton of people, and she hated golf. But it was a great way for her to meet guys. So, exactly. Um, the, 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 the other yeah. story I like to talk about is Monday Night Football. There's a legendary woman in San Francisco. I never met her. She's a legend. But supposedly the only method she has for meeting men is Monday Night Football. Every Monday night during the football season, she goes to a different bar because all the bars have giant television screens, and Monday night they're packed with men, and half of the men there are single. And that's her only method for meeting men, and supposedly she doesn't understand football. She could not tell you the difference between a touchdown and a home run, but she meets all of her men during the football season, <laughs> Monday night football. She spends the rest of the year dating these men, and then uh, at the end of, uh, of the year she goes back to Monday night football and meets her, her, her new batch of men for the new season. 
That's her only method for meeting men. And by the way, it's free of charge. You can get into any Ah. bar in America on Monday night for free, and you don't have to buy anything. In fact, uh, if if, um, the men notice you and find you attractive, they'll probably buy you all the drinks you want. There you are. So I know you've given us some mentoring, but I'm wondering if you could mentor our single listeners a little bit more about how to navigate bars and dating sites. Yes. Well, of course, uh, navigating a bar is different from navigating a dating site. Uh, In the bars, you've got to meet people, and the way you meet people is by being conspicuous at the bar. So if you're a woman, instead of sitting in a dark corner of a bar behind a table and basically hiding from all the men, I suggest you sit or stand at the bar if you want to meet men in a singles bar. If you're online, uh, the advice I can give you is just go onto, onto the Internet right now, and you will find there are literally hundreds of Internet dating sites that are excellent ways to meet men, and you'll find there are millions and millions of men to choose from. And, of course, there are different age groups. If, if you're looking to, to meet people uh, who are a little bit older, you can go to OurTime.com, which is the biggest the most popular one. Or if you just want to just date people in general of all ages, so Match.com has over 20 million members to choose from. And there are other really large dating websites that the choices are unlimited. You could literally work full-time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, choosing from people that are available online for a loving relationship. Well, I'm aware of our time, which is almost up, but I want, Rich, for you to maybe address how to have a healthy romantic relationship. Um, Well, that's a tough one. I know. It's a tough one. I've I've been married now for almost 20 years, and by the way, I met my wife, Debbie, at one of my own singles parties, so I'm proof (laughs) positive that that meeting face-to-face at a singles party does work. And, And to be honest with you, I'm still learning how to answer your question of how to have a successful loving relationship you know we have our problems just like everybody ever everybody else has and of course you know the cliche is it just takes hard work to have a successful relationship but that cliche is true you just have to work at it i want to know where can our listeners find your books well my latest book as you mentioned is the donald trump syndrome and that is available on amazon.com um, also, if people are interested in coming to my singles parties in the San Francisco Bay Area, just visit my website, thepartyhotline.com, thepartyhotline.com. And by the way, that particular website has all kinds of information uh, for single people about dating and meeting people. And I also have singlespodcastingnetwork.com. If people want to listen to podcasts having to do with dating and relationships and being single, singlespodcastingcompany.com. Okay. Well, Mr. Richard Goss, it has been an immense pleasure to have you on Dr. Ann's Relationship Radio. I hope that sometime you'll come back. And as we sign off until next week, remember, only you can create your life the way you want it to be. Until next week, this is Dr. Ann at Dr. Ann's Relationship Radio wishing you a happy, healthy week. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.